Isn't that incredible? What a story of people pouring themselves out into people that need it the most. You know, in this series, Love Starts Here, we did a, we did a, gave out a magazine, and it just highlights some of what you do, how our mission money is divided out, because that's just one of the many ministries in Knoxville and literally around the world that because you're generous and because you give, we support. So if you didn't get one of these, if you weren't there, just grab one. There's some great articles from our staff and other people. I wrote some stuff in there to, to let you know. See, if God can use a hairstylist, if God can use a barber to give people hope who are hopeless, what can God use? What's in your hand? Remember, you've seen the commercial, what's in your wallet? Well, what's in your hand that you can use to help people? So this weekend, we're going to wrap up our series, Love Starts Here, sort of put a bow on it just in time for Christmas. Now, in this series, we challenged promisers at all of our campuses to do this, to take one step closer to being and bringing real love to real people with real problems that are all around us. Go back to how we began this series. Who is our neighbor, the people that God wants us to care for? How many of you heard Halloran Hill last week? Did Halloran do a great job last weekend? That incredible time. Let me ask you, if you were here, uh, if you were here, now if you missed it, it's crazy season. Go online, go to our app, go to, or go to one of our, go to resource at your campus and download, just get a CD or, or free DVD or go online and just watch it because it will change your life. So with that, you've got to not hear the word, but do the word. That's what the scriptures. How many of you have started a generosity journal? Let me see your hand. Come on, hold it up. All right. That's not near enough. And so listen, what we've grown accustomed to in the American church is hearing the word saying, wow, that's great. I know more. And we go live just like we lived before we heard it. Is that right? So I want to challenge you to do it. I challenge how I journal. I put it into my journal. I begin my journal, good morning to the Lord. Then I write three things I'm thankful for. Three things that if they were happening that day, it'd be a grand slam home run day. Then when I go to bed, I say, did those three things happen? What three things were great that I'm grateful for today? Because your, 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 your intentionality will change your, it'll change your attitude. It will change your attention. So it's incredible. Welcome, by the way, to all of our campuses. We're glad to have you. God by bars, we love you men. At Bloods, are you killing it? Man, Morgan, don't you look around that room. It, hey, it's your job to fill that. Jesus said to go on the hedges and the highways and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. That's all of our campuses. Is that right? So come on, every campus, Campbell to Blunt. Man, we love you guys, Blunt. We are, uh, in a few weeks, we'll be opening up a bunch of new seats and going back to two services. As you, if you're at Pell, January 1, we're adding two services, a Saturday night and a Sunday morning, because we're really believing that January, we're going to reach a height we've never been to. Can that happen? Can God do that? So we got to be ready. We do our part. God does his part. So... Incredible. Now, this Christmas season, if, as you've already heard in the, in the welcome and the greeting time and EPTV, we're going to do something new, Christmas Spectacular. It is going to be incredible. It's not a typical worship service. It's an outreach event. Call it a Nouveau Crusade. And we're going to, it's, it's sort of Dollywood-esque. And so invite people that don't go to church. Say, come on, you can, your whole family, you can make 
ornaments. You can do all this stuff together, you know, all these stations. And then every so often a, a service will start. There'll be, a, there'll be a, a, a short message that we've created, a film, and then I'll come back in and give the real meaning of Christmas. It's incredible. If we're going to reach people nobody's reaching, we've got to do what nobody's doing. Is that right? And you've heard me say it before, we're going to do anything short of sin to win people to Jesus. Amen? Now, this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying for 15,000 people on Christmas Spectacular and hundreds of people to get, to have the revelation from the Holy Spirit, what Christmas is all about, and give their heart to Jesus. What an offering to the Lord. Come on, can we get excited about that? So that's happening. Now, one of the problems that we face of, of really being, uh, dealing with real people with real problems is where do we start? What, 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 what does God want us to do? What do we do with the incredible problems, mass shootings? What can we do about that? What about violent protests all around America or sexual, emotional, alcohol, drug, the abuses around our country? What do we do with, with poverty, as you just saw in that video? What do we do with, with worldwide hunger? Sometimes we feel helpless for the hopeless. Sometimes we look and say, you know, God, I'm just not quite sure what little old me is supposed to do about it. Well, Jesus said in um, the scripture in James says this, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and our Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress. Now, one of the things I want you to realize, when we talk about real people with real problems, we're not just talking about the poor. Because I know lots of rich people that are real people, they got real problems. Does that make sense? Last time I checked, Jesus died for everybody. He didn't just die for poor people. There are business people who lost their businesses, their marriages, their health. There are folks that are struggling because they're having to lay people off. Or what. There are, we, we have people in every realm. So let, it's not just about those in care cuts. They matter. Amen? But it's, it's at every venue of every selection of society in East Tennessee that we're supposed to reach. So he wants us to, to take care of orphans and widows. And if, actually, if you go through, you'll see some of the stuff that you actually already do, uh, of doing that. And to keep yourself unstained by the world. Now, here's the deal. God wants to use us to impact this world. Would y'all agree with that? Would you agree with that? But we are so stained by the world that it's hard to pour into the world. If you go to First John, it said, if you are a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. So, so a pure walk with God is to be unstained by this world. Does that make sense? By the world's morals, by the world's mores, by the world's standards. I'm about to, we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture that literally is one of the most difficult passages in all of the New Testament. It's easy to read. It's really hard to live. Amen? There's some hard stuff in this Bible. And so what, what, what does God want us to do? What does God, as we see this, man, he wants to take care of widows and orphans and keep ourselves unstained by the world. What does it mean? What's God up to? Now, sure, there are organizations we can give our money to, and we do that. Matter of fact, for the last three weekends, you gave $1.5 million in Heart for the Heart. Way to go. The next weekend, we, had, we, had, we did a Compassion Weekend. You sponsored 806 boys and girls globally. Amen. 800. 
Then, now, by the way, write the, car, write the letters to those kids. Are you with me? If you read the packet, they do much better if they get a card. Come on, so write those cards. You know, it's not just about sending money, it's about sending love, amen? And so, and then, you know, last weekend we had family to family, people took grocery bags, it was cool. Pastor Zach told me at Farragut campus that people at the first service got the bags, went straight to the grocery store, filled the bags up and brought them back for the second service. They didn't want to lose their bags, as it were. And so, and God, so you guys are generous. We do tons of stuff. But how does God want us to live all year? Not just at Christmas when we feel generous. How, what are we supposed to do in really making a difference? How do we do it? Does God want you to make a difference? Are you sure? Then, then, then what does God pour into us? How can we be filled ourselves that we can pour into others? How can we be full so that, so that all of us, not just part of us, but all of us can have something in us that we can use to make a difference with this world? Is the world hurting? Is the world jacked up? Is it whacked? It needs the love of God. But a lot of folks this weekend have no idea how to fill themselves up to overflowing so that they can have something to pour out onto other people. Now, what we naturally understand, if you've lived very long, we naturally understand the power in the poor. There is power in pouring your life out to other people. Would y'all agree with that? All of us could tell stories of people that poured into us. Maybe it was a mom or dad. Maybe it was a small group leader. Maybe it was, it was a coach, somebody that led you. I've got all of my Christian experience, but I got to a point I don't know, about, I don't know, 10 to 12 years ago that I was pouring, I was pouring, I was pouring, and I didn't have someone that I could go to that could pour in. Does that make sense? And so I began to pray. Josh, I said, hey man, don't you pray for me. I need a dad. I need a man of God older who can put his hands on me and can help me. The church is growing, but I don't want to mess this up. Amen. Never been here before. None of us have ever been here before. And, and after about 10 years, God brought Coach Tom Mullins into my life. Incredible. I have friends like Callard, so I've got great brothers, but I needed an older man. And man, coaches walked into my life. He told me I was with him at the grand opening of the Bobby Museum in Washington a few weeks ago. He said, Now listen, Chris, I slated a bunch of time to spend with you in 18. I'm gonna come to Knoxville. What do you need me to do for you? And I said, Coach, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know what I need you to do. I need you to come to Knoxville and watch us and tell me where I'm screwing it up. Amen? Because we don't know what we don't know. And so he's been, a, he's been a great dad that has poured into me. See, when you pour into people, they're transformed. Does that make sense? See, if you're a, if you're a believer, you understand. You know at one point, your life was whacked and jacked. At one point, you were empty. And, and, and what happened? Somebody, again, poured into you. They just, they poured in. Does that make sense? Our life was empty. Our life was messed up. And what happened? Jesus filled us and everything changed. His grace, his forgiveness. Man, what he did on the cross. Is anybody with me? Anybody transformed? Anybody been filled by Jesus? Come on, somebody. And then the closer that we get to him, the, the, the more that we stay with him, the closer our walk is with him, the more he fills us with his love and his peace, his joy, his Holy Spirit. We're overcomers. He begins to do all that and we're filled.
And for the first time, I don't know, I remember what it was like the first time to, to feel full of the Holy Spirit. And man, everything, it was great. You take that feeling to work and you take it home. You take it to your small group. You take it to church. You, you could have even taken it to Black Friday. Because there's some people out there that need to be filled with something. Were y'all out there? Come on. I knew better than to go, but Michelle told me what it was like. I said, there's 364 other days to shop. Why? We can save a little money. I'd rather pay more. I just, I'd just rather pay more and not go out there and fight that. And, and, but see, we're, we get filled and it's incredible. And everything is, is great. And, and, and every now and then, once we're filled like that, we may look over and we may see some people that are not full. Where their life's jacked or their life is messed up. May, they, may, they may be in your school or they may be in another community. They may be another color. They may have another socioeconomic status. But we look over there and we say, man, they're, they're, they're empty. They're, their life is jacked up. It's, and we feel, sometimes we feel judgmental. Sometimes we feel critical. Sometimes we feel sorry for them. And we, we look at this person and we see all they're going, well, this man, I, you know, I don't know. We say, I just sort of feel guilty or, or we just chalk it up to emotions. But, but we look out there and we see it. Sometimes we just take, we just take our bucket and we just sort of, we, we hold on to what we have and we ignore them. Are you with me? Come on. We, we ignore that person over there. We, we act like they don't exist. And then sometimes we decide, you know, I, I should do something, but I don't want to get too close. So we, we toss a little at them. There. There. See, the, the deal is this. See, it doesn't feel good, but it sure feels good. Did I fill that bucket up over there? No, I got it wet. But I didn't, I didn't fill that bucket up. Why? Because I just threw it at it. Does this make sense? See, when you're full of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord, you feel full. You want to pour into other people, not throw at other people. Does this, does this make sense? And so this is what God wants to do. See, love, see, love is not about a feeling. It's about a feeling. I don't care what Hallmark station, Hallmark or whatever that station says. By the way, have you noticed every movie has the same storyline? Have you noticed, by the way, that the first kiss is always interrupted? I'm, I'm tired of watching them. I tell Michelle, there's Spike TV. We can find something else but Hallmark. I'm pretty sure. But see, because we're Americans and we, we, we've got this Western view of, of romantic love. See, love is not about a feeling. Love is about a feeling. When you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you and you're filled with God's love, God's love and God's spirit. He changes you forever. And because you're now filled, you feel moved to move closer. You feel moved to respond because you're full. Does that make sense? That's why, that's why you feel like I should do something. I should serve. I should be faithful financially. I should do all that. Why, why do we feel that way? Because you're full. And when you're full, you're supposed to pour. You're supposed to pour. See, you're supposed to, to, look, to look over there and, and see people whose lives are empty. Are you with me? And you got to lean in. And you got to 
You got to pour into their lives. You pour into them what God poured into you. You care for them like God cared for you. Does this make sense? See, it's, it's time for us to pour. Pour out what God's done in your life. Pour out for people. And again, is this poor people? It may be. Is it rich people? It may be. Is it black people? It may be. Is it white people? It may be. Asian, Hispanic. It doesn't matter what the, what the vessel looks like. Does that make sense? All people, man, we need help. So you pour out. That's, 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 but it's, it's, it's the missional aspect. You pour out what God's poured into you. You pour out into other people's life what God poured into your life. Does that make sense? He poured his blessing. He poured his forgiveness. He pours his grace. He pours his mercy. He pours his truth. He pours his word. He pours his love. And what do you do? Man, you just, you pour into others. And every now and then you say, well, Lord, I, I, I need a little more. So you go to God. And what does God do? Man, God just continues to fill you up. But here's the deal, church. We got to understand this, especially when we think about love starting here, what we do. There is power in the poor. There's power in the pouring into people. Does this make sense? So how do, how do we pour? Well, let's, let me look at a passage. Just, yeah, it's going to be, see, it's easy what we're, to clap, but it's hard to do this. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus, it, it's, again, this is out of the Sermon on the Mount. But I say to you, who hear? Turn it up. See, everybody doesn't hear, do they? See, we've been so stained by the world that we don't hear what the Word says. And so for them that has, if him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so Jesus, Jesus preaches this sermon over and over. It's what we in the ministry call a candy stick. Just preach over. For, the, for those that hear, Jesus said, love your who? Your enemies, Georgia, <laughs> Auburn, Clemson. Come on, your enemies. You got to love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who what? Hate you. But they're not going to do anything good to me. I know, because when you love them and do good to them, it is nothing but you pouring out. See, those that hate you. See, well, I want to pour it to everybody, but there's five people. There's, there's three. I ain't doing it. See, listen, when you limit your love for three, you limit your love for all. You say, Pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. The, st- the, the man that sexually abused me, the man that physically abused me, he is, he is no longer on planet Earth. I shared the gospel with both of those men and were friends, but when I became a man and was friends with both of those men, sexually abused me. A hundred times, I lived in sheer terror. But you know what? When I got freed up, I'm not letting somebody that hurt me in the past keep hurting me and limiting my love and my ability to pour out into others. Are you with me? Come on. In our small group, our small group, we've been talking about, it's been an incredible series that we, we have a new group and what God is doing is just incredible. And one of the folks in the small group said, well, I thought it was okay to be mad at people that hurt you and want to get back at people. No, that's John Wick. <laughs> See, that's, if, and if you don't know who John Wick is, good for you. You shouldn't know. 
neither should your pastor. Those, <laughs> do good to those that hate you. Bless those who what? Curse you. Bless them, the Clemson people. Pray for those who mistreat you. See, this is, this is how we're pour out into people. We pour out into everyone. See, love is not about a feeling, it's about a feeling. Are you with me? Jesus goes on. Whoever hits you in the cheek, offer him the other one. No, no, wait, wait. If you smack me, I'm smacking you. Actually, as my son Mike said, if you smack me, I'm punching you. Because if they hurt you a little, you got to hurt them more. That's what he did to Zach growing up. See, if they hit you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, don't even demand it back. Is that the, is that the world's way? See, but we're stained by the world, so it's hard to live the word. It's hard to pour out because we don't, we don't want to be poured into because we have bought the world's lie and not the word's truth. Does this make sense? Come on. It, it is just so true. Jesus goes on. Verse 31. Uh, now go to the next one. Next slide. There we go. Treat others the same way that you want them to treat you. If you hurt somebody, do you want them to forgive you? Of course you do. If you love those that love you, big hairy deal. It's in the Greek, it's big hairy deal. What credit is that to you? You let people love you back, big deal. You buy somebody's kid a present who's gonna buy yours a present, you invite somebody out who's gonna invite you out, that's called quid pro quo, not love. What credit is that? For even sinners, lost people love those that love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, Man, you got no, there's no credit for that. Even lost people do the same thing. If you live from those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to those in order to receive back the same amount. Love your enemies. Poor. Are you with me? Love your enemies. Do what to those? Do good to those. I was listening to a Bible teacher one time said, every time somebody hurts me, I buy them a present. I love that. If somebody messes over, Michelle and I does something, we look at each other and say, present time. It's going to be cheap, but we got to buy them something. <laughs> love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. For your reward will be small. Are you sure? Do you want a reward? If you don't, let me have yours. If you receive your reward, be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself was kind to the ungrateful and evil men. Because that's what we used to be. Unkind and evil, and he was gracious to us. You know what's amazing to me? That after God has poured into us, are you with me? After he's poured into us, then we become we become smart enough to judge who should be filled. Huh? Who's qualified? Who's justified? We now, because God has filled us, we feel like we're, we're just sort of justified in looking at them and determining what, what they should get. Whether, whether, what, 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 does this make sense? 
Well, but if, if I pour into them, what will happen? They'll just go back to drugs. They'll, they'll have another divorce. That's not your responsibility. It's your responsibility to pour. Pouring into people is going to make a difference. And so, and so because here's the deal. Here's the deal. At one point, you were broken and leaked too. But what Jesus did on the cross, his blood covered you. And man, and now you can hold what God wants to do. Does this make sense? So, let's keep going. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. Do not judge. You won't be judged. See, I don't want to be judged, do y'all? Therefore, therefore it's not my job to judge others because if I judge others, I'm going to get judged. Are y'all with me? And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be what? Pardon. That's, how, that's, that's what God wants to do. See, here's what we forget. We forget that we were broken. See, we look at people and we say, well, if I pour into them, they're just going to leak. They're just going to leak. But you know what? God poured into you and your brokenness. God poured into you when you didn't deserve it. God poured, does this, does this make sense? Man, His Holy Spirit, hey, man, He saved us and covered us and filled us. Man, God is good to us. Amen? Verse 38, give it, it'll be given to you. They will pour in your lap, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. See, we, we think about this just in the, in the way of money. This is about pouring into other people. It's the next verse. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. If you pour into others, there could be people to pour into you. Like John Maxwell pours into me or Coach Tom Mullen or Chris Hodges or some other men of God that God has brought into my life. God will bring people into your life to pour into you. Does that make sense? Now, some of us don't pour because into others because we're not allowing God to pour into us. See, when you were, when you were, God has called us to be love, hadn't he? And what God calls you? See, God wants us to be love in an unloving culture. God wants us to be real agape love in a culture of compromise and in a culture of, of you get only what you deserve. So what we got to do, but there's got to be a proximity. There's no way to pour into people if you're not close to people. Does that make sense? See, there's power in the poor, but the only way to pour is to be in proximity. One of the ways that we learn to pour is in small groups. And a lot of you say, you know, Pastor, I just don't have time to be in a group. Man, I don't have time to mess with that. You don't have time to pour, to be bored into and pour into others. You don't have time to be disciple, to be a disciple maker. Is anybody listening? So, man, I want to challenge you. When this service is over at all of our campuses, go to the foyer. There's a green table, and you, there are two things you can sign up for there. Number one, you can, they'll help you find a group. But number two, you can sign up for Next Steps. We have one more Next Steps experience in 2017. It's next weekend at all of our campuses. I want to challenge you. Man, you need to go be a part of that. Learn how you can, be, how you can, how you can grow in this body, what God wants of you. Get in a group where you can learn to be poured into because if you're not poured into, there's nothing to pour out. Does that make sense? So, but, but why the poor? Why the poor? There's power in the poor, isn't there? 
Matter of fact, if you read the book of Acts, which I love the book of Acts, they, they're moving through. And, and in Acts chapter 6, the church is just a few months old, but there's a problem with the poor. And that is that the Jewish widows are getting the meals on wheels, but the Greek widows are not. They're being left out. So they're complaining to the apostles. And the apostles get together and pray, and they said, we're going to sex seven men, seven men who are full of wisdom, who are able to pour, and we're going to lay hands on them, and they're going to take care of meals, meals on wheels. We're going to lay hands, and they're going, to, they're going to take care of the poor. As a result of that, Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, the word of God kept what? When there's no poor, there's no spreading. You're not poor and there's no spreading. The word of God kept spreading and the numbers of the disciples continue to what? See, if there's no pouring, there's no people being saved. There's no increase. But we have been stained by the world and our focus is in the mirror, not the ministry. Is anybody out there? When you were saved, you were called to be a missionary right where you are. The word kept spreading. And a great, in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Consider this weekend a laying on of hands. <clears throat> then it's time to get pouring. Amen? Pouring the people you love. Pouring the people you hate. Man, you start treating people right that are ugly to you. That person at work that just absolutely gets on your very last nerve. You could be sitting next to that person. I don't know. But here's the deal. Buy them a present. Do something for them. Pour into them. He said, man, you don't, you don't understand. No, I really, I do get it. I do get it. Are you with me? So let me tell you what I see. I see across all nine campuses, I see the Spirit of God filling people so that they can pour out. Listen, uh, Bledsoe, you guys are killing it. Man, Morgan County, God is pouring into you men so that you can pour out those other men. Man, God is moving at every campus. Why? Filling us so that we can pour into others. Why? So that the number of the disciples would increase greatly. What do we do? There's power in the poor. You got to be willing to let God pour into you, let other people pour into you. You got to be willing to go close to the broken, to the hurting, and you got to be willing to pour into them. Does this make sense? It's what God wants to do. There is power in the poor. Let's get full and let's fill some other people in Jesus' name. You ready for it? So, he said, Chris, man, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can pray for people that hate me. It's the power of God in our lives. It's the power of God that enabled me to go sit down with a guy that sexually abused me a hundred times and to share Jesus with that man. Because I'm not, I'm not going to let a guy that hurt me keep hurting me. Does this make sense? See, but it's not me. It's, the, it's, where, it's, it's where God poured into me His grace and His mercy. And it got so good. Man, I wanted more. There's no room for bitterness if you're going to be filled with the power of God. And so, but, but, but listen, if you're not a believer, you don't have the power to do this. If you've never had your sins forgiven, if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, you can't do this. So if you're ready to have your sins forgiven, if you're ready to turn from your old life and turn to a new life, Jesus is ready to save you and set you on a new path. So right now we're going to pray a simple sinner's prayer. If you're ready to pray with us, every head bow, every eye closed, every campus, we're going to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know we're separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. 
be my Lord, my Savior. Fill me that I might be poured out. Use me. Make me brand new. Wipe away the stain of this world in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, listen, come on, church, give, give the Lord some praise. Now, if you just gave your heart to Jesus at any of our campuses, if you're online, you can click right here or you can go to the chat room. People are waiting right now to talk to you. If you at the rest of the campuses right in front of you in the seat back, there's a card. You can pull it out. Just put your name, your email, your cell number, check I, I prayed with the pastor. Or, or check, I need to go to, you know, I need to go to next steps. Whatever you need. So right now, if you would, if you begin doing that, because in just a second, we're going we're gonna to let you return your offerings. So campus pastors at all of our campuses, you've got it. Next week, you don't want to miss it. Come on, give the campus pastors a hand if they come to all of our campuses. We love you. Now, as we get prepared to give, here, I, I, I say we don't take an offering, we receive an offering. Actually, you return the offering. Because see, God gave you all he gave you, and he said, return to me 10%, right? Did he say, return to me 10%? If somebody's borrowed something to you, do you think about it all the time? Because you want it back. Can, God wants his 10% back. Remember that Care Cuts video? We get to support that Care Cuts video because people are faithful and they return their tithes and offerings to the house of God every weekend. By the way, let me say, you don't bring your tithes to Chris, you bring them to Christ. Hebrews chapter 7 lays the picture of, of Abraham bringing his tithe to Melchizedek, a, a type of Christ. We Listen, you bring your tithes to Jesus. They're his, amen? And so, man, you, as you give, let's be faithful. Many of you have given online already. Praise God for that. Others will be your first time to give. Some of you, this will be your, many, but as our ushers get ready, would you fill out those guest cards? It's just, it's, it's just critical. So I'm going to pray in just a second, but let me, let me just remind you of one thing, because it's us and online campus. January, we're starting two new services at Pellissippi. Because... It was a really bad move on my part to kill the 845 service. We had 500 people going to Farragut campus, and I thought, we're, when we're, we, we're gonna have tons of seats, we'll stop the 845 the next weekend. We had 1,500 people at the 10 o'clock service. And I said, oh yeah, there you are, big faith guy. Blew that one, didn't you? So in January, we're gonna skyrocket. We gotta have 845 back. 845 back. We also are gonna do a second Saturday. And here's why. I know we've got some room, but a lot of you guys come and either serve or worship on Saturday, you come back and serve or worship on Sunday. We don't want y'all to do that. Once you come Saturday, be Mary and Martha, sit one and serve one, and don't come back on Sunday. You don't need to live at the house of God, amen, come on. So you can come, you can serve. So we're going to be getting all that ready. But starting the first weekend in January, we'll have two Saturday nights. And then we'll have the 845 back. It'll be fruit basket turnover. I know it's my fault. I'm so sorry. Listen, if you want a perfect pastor, let me give you some names. None of them are Chris. 
So we're going to give to God because he's good, aren't we? Are we blessed? Are we grateful people? So God, we ask you to bless this offering. We ask you to use us to fund things like care cuts, Emerald Youth Foundation, things like CARM, Angel Tree, all the things, God, that you want us to invest your money in. But God, I pray that you'll not just bless the offering and use it. I pray you bless every giver that's given all week long, that's worship you. People that have returned your part, I pray that you'll Malachi 3, that God, you'll open the woods of heaven and part a blessing such that we can't contain it. Use us, God. Grow us. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, let's give. Give him a shout as we begin to give.